lesson this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning with the 42nd verse. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so as we come before the Lord together now, we remember and rejoice that God is out ahead of us in all of the defining moments of our lives, in the defining moments of his work with the church here on earth. And so as we gather together this day, we remember that God has a moment for us to lead us here and now. When I think about some of those uh, defining moments, uh, I think of St. Temecus. Uh, many of us aren't familiar with his story. St. Temecus was a diminutive kind of personality. He was more of a small town kind of guy, a monk serving the church faithfully, quietly doing so. And as he did, he felt the Lord calling him, calling him to come and seek what the Lord had for him in the city of Rome, the big city of Rome. This is the fourth century, and Rome was, in many ways, the center of the world. He, he wondered why God would call him to this place, why God would lead him there, this place that was so foreign to him and so big and his voice was so quiet and on one particular occasion he found himself caught up caught up in the crowd and kind of being uh, pushed in right into the place he didn't want to go the Colosseum and there he encountered something he couldn't have before imagined We're going to pick up his story in just a few moments, but before I do, as God called Temecus at a time and place, we remember that God is calling us to a time and place today as well. Right here, he is leading us, leading us to follow him. And we get led by his word together. That word that calls us into his presence, that word that calls us as we hear in Acts chapter 2 this morning to a life that is devoted, an all-in kind of life. And we hear this in verse 42, this word devoted, or in Greek, proskaterio, a word that means and has in its compound nature a sense of direction, 
a sense of motion. It describes a steadfast kind of single-minded fidelity to a certain course of action. This is what the church is doing, and we find it in Acts chapter 2. After having received the motion of God's word first, all of humanity experienced that when God put life into motion by his word. And now life is renewed by the coming of the Holy Spirit after the resurrection of Christ our Lord. The Spirit comes to be with us and give us His life, His presence. And how does the church respond then with this proskinero, this motion of devotion? A devoted life is what we call all in. This steadfast reality. And what, in fact, is God calling His church to be devoted to in following Him? First and foremost, we hear in verse 42, it's to the apostles' teaching, to His Word. It's interesting that right after the coming of the Spirit, this great, amazing moment in the life of the church, the first thing the church did was a devotion to teaching, a devotion, a steadfast devotion to God's word. And so you and I come under that word yet still to get today. He calls us to be in worship together under his word. He calls us in devotional time in the quietness of our of our hearts and alone with the Lord. He calls us with other Christians to be together in that word, to have our very lives, our worldview, the way that we do life shaped by God's word. But that's not all. There's this vertical relationship with the Lord defined by his word, but he also has a horizontal relationship with us and for us by what he calls the body of Christ, God's people. In koinonia, deep fellowship with God and with each other. It's this intersection that God invites you and I to live our lives by, to, to, as Kaya shared, to be real with one another. To be real with God. And in that fellowship, God invites us to a deeper relationship with himself and with one another. And so that leads us to breaking bread together. Now, some scholars will debate what did he mean by breaking bread here in verse 42. But uh, many of us, most of us know that it's a, a call to the table of grace, Holy Communion. And invited them to do this in their homes And so we expand that table of grace when we invite others to come by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit in fellowship with one another. For our kids, as you heard Devin and Joel mention, or for us, we break this bread together as a household of faith. And we receive this grace together and it leads us, it leads us as Verse 42 tells us the church did to prayer. And the prayers that are implied here clearly in the context of 
what the church is speaking of here, certainly the prayers that Jesus taught us to pray, as we'll pray together today, the Lord's Prayer, but also the prayers known as the Psalms or the hymn book of God's people then. And all of this way of life, this way of following, led to awe and wonder, as we see in verse 43. As one pastor put it, this is, as we read it now, God's recipe for revival. This is God's recipe for revival in the church and in his world to transform it, to transform us. And as we follow him by his word, in fellowship with one another, and in prayer, God leads us to himself. And so you see in this calling that God has given our church, this vision to be all in with God, his word, with each other. And then therefore the people we encounter, the good news, we are seeking to follow God's recipe for revival. And as one William Willman put it, the church is not to drift from one momentary emotional experience like that, that which they had just experienced at Pentecost and seek it out every week on a weekly basis, but rather the church moves immediately to this task of teaching, keeping itself straight about what it is and what it's to be about. And that in so many ways, is what this initiative that God is calling us, this vision to be together on, is to be about who we are in Christ and to experience that in powerful and real ways together. And when we do, we'll notice the power of the Holy Spirit bringing awe and wonder as He changes lives. And that will lead us to share our lives because God did not hold anything back. He was all in for us on the cross. He didn't account as Philippians 2 says, uh, a quality with God as something to be grasped, but he poured out his life for us and then rose again to give us new life and then poured out his spirit to be with us now. As he was with the church then, he is with the church now, with you now. And as we'll remember in Walker Ray's baptism in just a short time, he promises to be with Walker. He promises to be with us. He keeps his promises and he leads us to follow him. And so as the church lived out this way of following the Lord together. As we read in verses 45, it led to generosity for one another. Remember, many of them for the sake of the gospel had lost their means of living as they had to make a commitment to Christ that some of their families would not approve of. And so the church took care of one another. This was not uh, some government program this uh, or communist idea as some people have sometimes falsely took it it was a way of life for the church to be all in with God and with each other 
They cared for one another, and so they had generous hearts for each other. And that generosity would expand, expand and be noticed by the community around them. Now the church had grown, as we read a few verses before, to 3,000. And how would they take care of each other? It would require them to be there for one another, to have each other's backs. But that just kept growing, and it became a public ministry. You read in verse 46, as they would go to the public place to proclaim to the temple regularly of their faith, which led them to having glad hearts and to give thanks to the Lord for what He was doing among them. Praise and thanksgiving would ensue in verse 47 because the Lord, in this recipe for revival, was adding to their number daily. This was the work of God in the church. Not just then, but yet still today. And remember, they were doing this, they were practicing all this when the outside community around them were rejecting them. And so, whatever may be around us in our world today, God is calling us to this kind of lifestyle where we follow Jesus. A Jesus-shaped path where we follow Him in His Word with each other. And yes, for the sake of the Gospel, for those in this thirst-quenched land, the people we encounter, that they might know this good news that God has done this then, He is doing it now, and He's doing it through us. And so this is the vision that God has placed on our hearts straight from His Word, that faith would be a home, and together we'll walk this path, living a Jesus-shaped life. And when we walk this path, Jesus calls us to it and changes the world. And it won't be easy. It'll require us to sometimes sacrifice our time, our talents, and our treasure, just as the church was doing among themselves and to the world around them then, he calls us now. And sometimes he'll lead us in places that we didn't think we would go to carry the good news of the gospel. And it will be not by our power or strength, but as we see in the movement of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, but the Spirit of the Lord will give us strength. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord in Zechariah. This is exactly what happened to Temecus, now known as St. Temecus, in that Colosseum that day. He'd been pushed into a place he didn't want to go. And yet... He'd been praying, Lord, what are you calling me to do? Just as we're praying, God, what are you calling us as a church to do? And he saw the gladiators fighting there in that Colosseum. To his horror, to their death. And his voice spoke up. Stop this thing. And then empowered by the Spirit, his courage grew. And he bolted into not just the front row of the Colosseum, but into the center of the arena 
to stand in between the gladiators. And he said, in the name of Christ, stop this thing. By some reports, at first he was ignored and laughed at. Pretty soon the crowd started jeering at him and calling for the gladiators to attack him. And then they took notice once the crowd did. And he kept saying, in the name of Christ, stop this thing. Those were his last words before he gave up his life to this witness. This diminutive Sometimes not so strong a voice monk who was more of a small town guy called to now not knowing why by God to Rome would give his last breath to speak the truth of the Lord and to everyone's shock and surprise something happened in that moment. The crowd became hushed. And with his passing, people began to get up and walk out of the Colosseum. History reports, never again would there be a gladiator fight in that Colosseum. As Temecus, called by God, stood up and said, in the name of Christ... I don't know how God may be calling us to stand up in this day and age, in this world. But he's calling us like to Mecca. He's calling us like the early church to be all in with his word. To be on this path together with that kind of devotion, that steadfast motion in one direction, faithfully with perseverance. All in with each other, to not do it alone, but to be God's people following this path together. And to be all in for the sake of the people we encounter. And however strong or weak our voice might be, we know that God will do a miracle. His spirit will work. He changed history with the voice of one man being faithful through Temecus. And he will change history through one church making an impact for Albuquerque and the world around us for the kingdom of God. This is God's recipe for revival. And our motion is a response to God's motion towards us. And so today, I invite us, yes, with our time, talent, and treasure, to trust our lives in these daily things and trust God's Spirit will do more than we can even ask or imagine by the leading of the Holy Spirit, may we, like the church then, be the church now, all in, devoted to following Jesus. Amen.